Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or their sponsors. Hey, everybody, live from Chicago. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Weil, sports podiatrist, all things sports, medicine, fitness, and wellness, brought to you by Global Schoolwear, school uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger, Hurdle Apparel, high-tech socks, LER, lower extremity review, and MVP parent magazines, and UK Health Radio. We've got a great doubleheader. Chance Rodriguez, he's the co-founder and CEO of New York-based Populate, helping podiatrists, orthopedists, and physiatrists incorporate electronic medical records and EI into their busy practices. He's joining me along with Jeff Williams. He's the founder of Chicago-based Biz Starters, helping many boomers and others start exciting new ventures later on in life. Then we've got some Bob Guider wisdom, your emails. First, I want to welcome Chance Rodriguez to the Sports Doctor. Welcome, Chance. Thank you for having me, Dr. Bob. It's an honor. Give us some background, Chance, on yourself and uh, Populate. Absolutely. So I've been a, a software investor pretty much my entire career. Started Populate uh, two years ago when my wife finished a residency program to make up a, a private practice software solution. Uh, that's designed to allow doctors to bill more and spend less time in their software. And so we, uh, we've we been running for about two years. We have uh, 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 25 practice organizations today, ranging in from one to 15 doctors, mostly in New York, but uh, rapidly expanding across the U.S. and, and hoping to get to uh, 100 offices in a couple of months. Um, so excited to tell you a little bit about what we're doing, and, and thank you for letting me be here. You know, with the wild west of healthcare, Chance, and the gigantic groups, all these things changing so rapidly. On the sports doctor, we've spoken an awful lot uh, with some of these different challenges. Again, in the healthcare, uh, in the insurance world, the explosion not only of electronic medical records, uh, as well as now all of a sudden, uh, they've got the uh, the AI being incorporated. And uh, you're all about the practitioner having more time uh, to spend with their patients and their life than they're uh, going through pulling their hair out with all this software stuff, aren't you? That's right. It's one of the biggest shames of our healthcare system today is that doctors spend hours every day just documenting and, and processing billing because uh, the administrative requirements for justifying your care. Um, and uh, uh, unfortunately, it causes a lot of burnout as well. A lot of doctors I talk to, um, they, they don't want to stay in private practice. Sometimes they don't even want to stay in medicine because of what it means to fight a battle daily against insurance and against your software, uh, where, where commonly you're writing a note that takes 10 minutes for every patient, and you got to see 25 patients a day to float your bills. So you end up being a professional note writer instead of a, 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 a doctor like you went to med school to become. So our software is designed to get you out of your administrative workflow. We'd rather you spend time with patients and spend your, your working hours taking care of people instead of documenting. Some of our doctors say, I want to see 30 more patients uh, every week and I need better tech to do that. Others say... I want to see the same number of patients, but I actually want to get home at 5 o'clock to see my kids. Either one of those things are, are really important for us to be able to help our practices achieve. And, yeah, absolutely, AI is probably the number one topic uh, in 2024, as it should be, because it can be a really powerful mechanism for getting your busy work out of your way. And it didn't exist. It wasn't available a few years ago. And so, uh, you know, doctors that have spent, a decade or two decades on the same platform saying, oh, why would I switch? Switching is such a headache. Why would it be worth it? 
all of a sudden they're perking up and they're saying, what if AI really could write my notes for me? What if it could scrub my claims? What if it could help me build better and help me justify those? Right. Bills? Help, help all the sports <laughs> doctor write those, uh, write those, some of those new articles. You know, you mentioned a major point, uh, burnout. This is a very, very big deal in the professions. It's, it's not news. Uh, it sure ain't good news with the challenge that we've seen in medicine. And we've had various experts, again, in the past where that was exactly the topic on what could be done about it as it became not only a, a physical challenge, you know, but a, a mental one uh, as well. And you've initially uh, started uh, with the, with the uh, uh, professions of podiatry, orthopedic surgery, and physiatry, Chance? That's right. These are high-volume specialties. A large part of it is, is outpatient, and in these specialties, it's, it's common to have to see 25 patients a day. And if you're writing a note for 10 minutes for each of those patients, it's too much. And it's terrible what the burnout that documentation can cause. My wife, who is my hero and who I know you're going to interview next month, uh, you know, she doesn't want our kids to become doctors, which I think is an incredible tragedy because I look at her and I would love for my kid to be just like her, but she thinks that medicine has become not worth it because of documentation, administration, and, and insurance billing. And I think that's something that has to change. Yes, and plus her specialty, that the highly, highly demanding uh, specialty of uh, pediatric oncology uh, is really something. Uh, we've had uh, so many different pediatric specialists in the past, so many different areas. Uh, and again, you know, in the information age, uh, and all of these things start piling on top. Uh, uh, last week, two weeks ago, I had one of the top countries uh, experts in the world of Medicare, uh, and the uh, with the with the senior citizens. Some of these again, different challenges, again, into the world of the uh, uh, medical practices. And I'm uh, going to ask you more about some of these different things. We'll be right, you know, that's Dr. Bob Weil here. You're listening to the Sports Doctor. If you go to my website, sportsdoctorradio.com, if you go over to radio shows, you go back years, so many different topics, international, national, local guests, pick and choose what you'd like to listen to. If you go over to newspaper articles and magazines, there are an array of articles, a lot of excitement with MVP Parent Magazine, uh, lots of different uh, uh, situations. Uh, we have thousands and thousands of followers, lots of great sports medicine information. If you want to uh, follow us, on uh, uh, former Twitter, X, and uh, LinkedIn, uh, at SportsDoc, D-O-C Radio. We're talking with Chance Rodriguez. Uh, he is the um, co-founder, CEO of the New York-based uh, Populate. And the uh, what other specialties are you looking at, Chance? Are you finding that uh, there's probably not many that would be an exception to being able to be helped with these kinds of um, weapons you're talking about? That's right. So we focus on orthopedics, podiatry, and, and physiatry. Right now I'm at the uh, American Orthopedics Association meeting out in San Francisco. Uh, and this is where we've chosen to focus. I think delivering uh, a, a, a system that's specialty-specific for just this corner of the world that treats muscles, bones, joints, and, and tendons, including the, the foot and ankle, uh, that, that allows us to build a system that's made specifically for their needs that doesn't have all the junk that's in systems that are designed to do everything for everybody. Yeah, a lot of people lot don't of really realize, you know, physiatry, which people would get mixed up, podiatry, physiatry, psychiatry. Physiatry is the uh, medical specialty that specializes uh, in the physical side, physical therapy side, the re rehabilitation side uh, that a lot of people aren't even aware of. Uh, and the tremendous value. And again, this particular threesome has an awful lot to do with function of the body and the biomechanics, all of these kinds of things that are incorporated uh, into these particular areas. You know, the team doctor, the orthopedist of the New York Yankees is a frequent guest of ours. Uh, uh, Dr. Chris Ahmad, as a matter of fact, he had a post today saying uh, spring training. <laughs> you know, we're uh, uh, getting all excited about that. The orthopedic world is huge. Uh, in the area, matter of fact, all three of these big in the sports medicine area also chance. That's right. Our, our doctors 
see world-class athletes, and they, they also treat the regular folks like me that just want to feel mobile, get the most out of our lives by being active. It's a musculoskeletal care is exploding in the United States. There's There's not enough doctors to treat all the muscles, bones, joints, and mobility issues. And so we need our doctors to uh, to have the resources that is necessary to meet this rising demand so that Americans can stay Oh, yeah, mobile. so the older we get, you know, the older we get, uh, you know, 80 is the new 60. Uh, the new medicine includes, you know, eat smarter, keep moving, reduce stress, musculoskeletal uh, challenges are such a, a priority now that everybody's running around playing pickleball. What's the best website uh, that uh, uh, chance people can go to to find out about your group? Yeah, visit us at, at populate.com. And soon we'll have uh, populate.com slash sports doc where you can uh, learn more about what we're doing with Dr. Bob. But at populate.com, you can schedule a demo. You can reach out to us. We'd be happy to talk to you about your practice. Yes, it's an interesting, again, with the uh, tremendous explosion of giant groups every time you turn around, uh, there's another new group. You know, there was a contest long, long time ago, Chance, between the insurance companies, the doctors, and the lawyers, <laughs> you know? And the insurance companies, I think, you know, won, won it in a lot of different ways. And sometimes just trying to navigate your way through as a patient uh, is something that becomes very, very uh, 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 tiresome, as well, again, as the physicians themselves, going back to what you mentioned, this burnout factor. And, uh, although after I get done with your lovely wife on the show, I'm going to try to talk her back into recommending for your future children that maybe they might want to uh, go into medicine. But uh, it can be very, very trying, you know, when you, you've got so much in the way of uh, medical records now, uh, and the idea of trying to, um, uh, you know, just overload it. Yeah, it it's criminal. The amount of work that's shifted into the provider's hands, the amount of extra hurdles that are required to get paid for your services, when instead a doctor should just be spending their time with their patients. You know, you had a term I remember you were mentioning to me and some of your things. You know, you talk about workflow management. Um, that says a lot, those two words, doesn't it? It does. It just means how easy or hard is it to do what I need to do on my computer? And the best, co the best software system is the one that requires the least amount of work and the least amount of clicks and the one you spend the least amount of time in. That's why design is so important to us at Populate. We want to get you in and out of your software as fast as possible to get you back with your patients or back home to your family. You know, it's interesting, the uh, incredible explosion, excitement over artificial intelligence, uh, uh, as well as the fear in so many areas. How's the medical profession embraced in your experience uh, what in some instances is almost like an unknown? And should I get involved? Should I not? Uh, how have you found the medical uh, uh, groups that you're working with embracing or dealing with uh, uh, AI? Well, in this corner of the world, in, in sports medicine, you have a certain type of doctor that, that likes playing with the shiny new toy that loves tech. So I think that in, in this corner, adoption is, is quite strong, growing rapidly. We're still very early innings. Doctors say, oh, this, this, doc, this note is only 95% perfect. I want it 100% perfect. And, and we're getting there. But the fact that the expectation is there, that soon the entire note will be written perfectly the first time, it's a, it's a sign that there's a, a totally new era of, of administration and documentation that's coming, one that's a lot more convenient for doctors. AI is a big part of that, and people are excited. You mean I don't have to worry about somebody with my voice, uh, you know, making believe they're me with my face, you know, like you're watching some of this stuff, or they're going to be tapping into who knows what. The, uh, you find there'll be good guidelines and guardrails with the incorporation of AI, Chance, you know, my honest opinion is that the technology is still ahead of regulation. And I think that making sure that your AI is being used responsibly in a HIPAA-compliant way is a really important part of, the, of a doctor's job when they choose what platforms to use. 
So you're making sure that your patients consent, that your data is stored in a private environment, that no other model will interact with your patient conversations. Those things are absolutely critical. Are you also working with groups besides private practices, Chance? At the moment, we, we, we focus on uh, offices with 1 to 15 doctors. That's our bread and butter. We're building an, a solution that will integrate with Epic so that folks can access it from their hospital environment, get out of the more intricate, clunky uh, parts of the Epic workflow and just use something that's tailor-made for what they actually do every day as a, as a specialist in, in uh, orthopedics, podiatry, physiatry. That's a much narrower set of things that you want to do than what's available in a massive system like Epic. So it can be much more convenient for them to just do what they need to do for their own patients. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about uh, high high schools and school sports, uh, park district sports, all of these other areas that do have small practices of 15 uh, participants or less. This is great stuff. Give us one more time again the uh, where they can get more information, Chance. Absolutely. Go to populate.com. Book a demo. Reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Okay, Chance Rodriguez, co-founder, CEO, Populate. Thank you so much for joining me. We will have you back. Hold on. We'll be right back, everybody. Sports Doc. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Bob Weil, a sports doctor. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, co-written with Sharky Zartman, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division I volleyball players. Together, we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. The goal of the book? Give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it could be. Hashtag Hey Sports Parents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kid. Uh, What are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors In, yours truly. Uh, my discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes, youth sports and drugs, essential exercises, the dilemma of youth football, orthotics. Third section, uh, experts speak out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parent's perspective, some insights from about a half a dozen parents of athletes. So everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athlete. Hashtag, hey, sports parents. everybody, Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review magazine. 
one of sports doctor's key supporters, and he pours it into MVP parent. Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention. I am proud to be a contributor to MVP parent with the sports doctors in article in each issue. Go to MVPparent.com. MVPparent.com. Hey, everybody, we are back live from Chicago on Valentine's Day. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. I want to welcome Jeff Williams. Uh, Jeff is the founder of Chicago-based Biz Starters, helping many boomers and others start exciting uh, new ventures. Uh, it's Welcome to the Sports Doctor, Jeff. Thank you, Bob. You know, it's funny, uh, my first guest, we were talking about the physician's burnout. Uh, I, I said to him, the, uh, they could always check out, maybe call you and see what they want to do later in their careers. Jeff, give us some background, please, quickly on yourself and this starters. Absolutely. Uh, I am an MBA in marketing, spent 20 years in the corporate world. When I was about 40, decided I want to go out and do my own thing. This was right during the 1990 recession. So my first uh, entrepreneurial endeavor was helping downsized managers start businesses. And 30 years later, we're now known as probably the foremost business startup company for people over 50 in the United States. You know, it's interesting. And uh, our our friend Rick uh, Bava, uh, involved with Today's Senior Magazine, and his tremendous attention, I call him one of the gurus of baby boomers, uh, where we're talking about, again, health and wellness, uh, the activity side, the physical and mental challenges, uh, the explosion and changing of careers. So I would imagine uh, whether it's a past entrepreneur or a business person, whatever, that uh, getting involved in something new has got to be an exciting venture. Oh, absolutely. You know, I predicted many, many years ago that boomers were not going to retire like their parents had. And in fact, more and more people are leaving corporate with nowhere near ready to stop working. They're just looking for an alternative way to do it. And we help them do that by turning a business skill or an interest into a fun and profitable business life. So we kind of give them the alternative. You know, a retiring coach, one of the things I thought about, I know we'd be talking to, I've had many retired athletes who might have had great careers and or their coaches or their families wondering, what am I going to do now? You know, uh, and uh, uh, the idea that there would be some of these uh, structured situations to look into. What kinds of areas have you found popular over the years of um, that uh, people would be involved with, <clears throat> like you said, after 50? Well, there are two that have been pretty long-standing. One is selling services of some kind, either to consumers like gourmet chef work or to businesses like financial accounting and consulting. But there's a third one that's coming up fast and, in fact, very profitable, and this is selling either a knowledge product or selling a training and learning product. Very, very popular. I have several businesses myself in that realm, very high profit margins, not a lot of money to start, and a tremendous uh, opportunity in the marketplace. Yes, the sports doctor's in, Jeff. <laughs> you know, the area of coaching, life coaching, uh, fitness coaching, business coaching has really uh, exploded over the past decade or two, it seems. Uh, I would imagine the coaching areas included most of the things that you were just talking about. Yes, we probably work with uh, two dozen coaches a year, all different kinds. Um, matter of fact, you know, one of our prerequisites for determining whether you're going to be a good startup client for us is we ask you a simple question. Are you willing to be coached? If they say yes, <laughs> then we think we have a good connection. If they say, oh, I don't know, then we know it's just not going to work uh, very well because our process is a coached, facilitated type of process. You know, you got a great uh, title on, in one of the, uh, as we talk about what you do, an encore entrepreneur, which I yes. think is involved in your TikTok 
uh, series, but I, I love that term, Encore Entrepreneur. Well, you know what happened was the business media was trying to come up with something other than saying boomers, because to tell you the truth, <laughs> the youngest boomer is 60 years old now. We're really dealing with Gen Xers. So they were trying to figure out some phrase that was quick. And, I don't know, a few years ago, a business writer came up with the Encore Entrepreneur in that this is like maybe the third part of your life. And I like it because it doesn't really say that you have to be any specific age. You can be an Encore Entrepreneur at age 46 if you want to. So, yeah, I I, I like the name of it, and that's why I named my uh, TikTok series Encore Entrepreneur. So if somebody's younger than 50, it doesn't mean you rule them out, right? <laughs> no. No, not at all. It's just that we don't see so many because they're still trying to chase yeah. the uh, career path in the corporate world. Typically, right. by the time somebody gets in their mid-50s, it's kind of like time's up. Either you've done it or you didn't do it. And if you didn't do it, maybe you want to go out and do it on your own. So that's kind of the reality. Yes, Andy. What's the best site people could find out about uh, the, the whole uh, world of biz starters? BizStarters.com. It's pretty self-explanatory. There's a lot of uh, buttons and resources right on the homepage. You don't have to go very far down to find some useful stuff. And the most important thing is there are buttons all over the website to book a free call with me where we'll just talk about your concept and what you want to do. No selling, just the conversation. And, you know, the the endless array of uh, areas of interest uh, you know, it's interesting that all of this includes, and it's funny, we, we feature, I call it the mental game on the sports doctor, uh, Jeff, whether you're the best athlete in the world, their coach or their parents, or you're trying to stick with your program, your diet, your exercise program. It's such a mental game in so many areas. Uh, psychology is such a big deal. I would think that whole area is a big deal uh, with individuals that, that you're dealing with that are looking to get uh, started in something. Um, uh, the how's your sports psychology skills? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I mentioned to you in an email I sent you, I have an interesting connection between sports and entrepreneurship in my family. I have an older brother who was a star athlete and entrepreneur. My father was a star athlete and very entrepreneurial. Um, I played sports, and my cousin was a all-district tennis player. All of us are entrepreneurs. And that's because you learn certain things as, as an athlete. One of them is you learn to be very determined. Another one is you learn how to pre- prepare very well. And thirdly, you learn how to get along with a lot of different kinds of people. And all three of those teammates. skills are really. Yes, yes, I found that a very interesting part of uh, that kind of, uh, information from you was that particular connection, again, where you're talking about uh, someone who's an athlete, especially a serious athlete at whatever level, and what it takes, the discipline, all of these types of uh, uh, criteria, and the uh, idea of um, into the business or the entrepreneurial world or starting something new, and the fact uh, uh, that uh, it seems to be something that can really give somebody uh, a great start in the types of skills it takes to be successful in whatever area they're moving into. No, you're absolutely right. I think particularly... The determination is important. As I said in my email, I remember one football game in high school where we lost a 21-point advantage and we came back to win. That takes a certain thing inside yourself, a certain fire to do that. And you have to have that same kind, because you're going to have a lot of challenges your first year as an entrepreneur. And how you get to overcome them? Well, if you've got this built into you, then it comes more naturally. And again, you know, sometimes even on the uh, on the physical side, and I would imagine that you're getting people in so many different areas that might be coming to you. Uh, and, you know, again, the, the retirees, you know, the senior citizens uh, and this whole area that, like you mentioned, maybe our parents age or our grandparents age, uh, where it was a whole different attitude compared to today. And the fact that, uh, you know, boomers could be in their in their 60s. And so I think it's like uh, surprises. A lot of people, I know it surprises Rick Bava. <laughs> no, I bet it does. You know, you know as a matter of fact, uh, according to the government, the average age of a tech startup entrepreneur last year was 46 years old. 
people don't remarkable. They don't understand this because all they read about is the 25-year-olds in the business press. But statistically, many, many, many more businesses are started by people. Last year, people over 55 were, for the 10th year in a row, the fastest-growing group of new entrepreneurs in the United States. So we boomers and near boomers are having a real impact uh, even as we get older. You know, it's amazing. It seems the whole pandemic experience, which uh, I think turned us all upside down on her head, you know, whether it was people working from home, whether it was people reexamining what they want to do in all of these different areas. I would imagine that that uh, introspection with all of us uh, was a uh, a boom uh, to people really giving serious thought to uh, getting involved in something else or something new or even uh, paying big attention to that. Did you find that? Oh, yeah, absolutely right. A lot of people took on new skills and avocations during COVID. And now as they're coming out of COVID, they're saying, oh, wait a minute, I bet I could turn it into a business. You know, I have a friend who just started cooking at home. And then he discovered that you can sell cooking tips on TikTok and he turned it into a business. So a lot of things that were just new avocations now can be entrepreneurial paths, and we help people to kind of put this all together from start to finish. So that because most of our clients, even though they're older, they're first-time entrepreneurs. So we kind of we do a lot of hand-holding in our program to get people to where they need to be. Yeah, it's funny the phenomenon of TikTok. You know, I I finally did the sports doctors in segment that I've done all over the place, and I said I'm glad to be on Talk Tick. I really thought it would go viral, but. I think I missed the boat on <laughs> that. I thought it was really uh, uh, being cute. Uh, you know, the ability, I guess, to incorporate social media, all of these new areas of skills uh, has got to be a big part of whatever you're leading somebody into what they're doing. Talk a little bit about maybe some of that, Jeff. I absolutely will. One of the reasons that it's never been more affordable to start a business is for three reasons. Number one, most entrepreneurs can work from home, which means they pay no office rent. Number two, you don't have to have employees today. You can hire them as you need them. I use a platform called Upwork all the time to hire really talented people. And I just oh, pay yeah, my great project. commercials, Upwork. Is that the, isn't yeah. that the commercial where the guy's arms fall off? Or am I wrong? <laughs> no, that's, that's Fiverr. All right. Fiber's a little lower lower level, but Upwork's a little bit more advanced. And the third reason we tell people it's never been more affordable is because of social media. You have to remember, Facebook accounts, LinkedIn accounts, they're free. And you can do a lot on there without paying, spending one nickel. You can publish content. You can have a newsletter. You can do Facebook live events. You can do all this for free. It doesn't cost a thing. And even if you do want to advertise, you can run Google Ads for $35 a month. So it's never been more affordable. When I started 30 years ago, you had to use direct mail, which was very expensive, and you had to use newspaper advertising, which is very expensive. That's all gone. You don't need any of that today. So teaching those skills, I guess, is a big part of what you, although probably who you end up seeing, they're probably very, very familiar with that. But I would imagine that incorporating and teaching those skills is a big part of as you're moving people in. I want to ask you more about that. Again, talking with Jeff Williams, founder of Chicago-based Biz Starters. And we will be right back. It's the Sports Doctor. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide. School pride and identification being one of them. Another is the well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited about wearing. Go to the website, globalschoolwear.com globalschoolwear.com. If you live in or near Aurora, Illinois, and you're into sports, fitness at any level, or your son and daughter is, you cannot forget about your feet. Your feet affect everywhere else. There are complex motions that come into play, especially in sports. Your ankles, knees, hips, and back all are affected with your foot mechanics. Uh, Come visit the office, uh, Dr. Bob. Uh, and get evaluated. Uh, Check what shoes are best for you. 
I offer prescription orthotics, which is usually one of the major tools for treatment and prevention of foot-related ankle and leg problems. Also, enhancing performance. Step or two quicker, call 630-898-3505 or go to sportsdoctorradio.com. Hey, everybody, we are back live from Chicago. It is the Sports Doctor. I'm sports podiatrist, Dr. Bob Weil. We're talking with Jeff Williams, the founder of Chicago-based Biz Starters, helping uh, many uh, seniors, boomers, uh, way younger than that, start exciting new ventures, different directions, uh, these encore entrepreneurs, as he labels them. Jeff, you mentioned initially, right before the break, uh, that uh, was uh, a particular case study that gave an example of a lot of the things we talked about. Um, uh, why don't you bring that up for us? Okay. Well, our client's name is Jim, and I met Jim at an outplacement meeting about eight years ago. And Jim had, unfortunately, been laid off at age 59. He had gone to a job interview with his boss thinking that he was going to be promoted to general manager, and they fired him instead. And he was, he had spent a year fruitlessly trying to find a job. So, uh, he went to this meeting and I met him there and he said, listen, I have this hobby I've had since I was 15. I'm a professional drummer. And I used some of the money from my career as a sales manager to buy $200,000 worth of 1960 drum sets and I want to sell them. I said, we can absolutely turn this into a business. And here was a guy who was really down on on his luck, and he was really, he just didn't think it was ever going to work again at age 59. I said, no, that's not the case at all. So in about three months, we built a company called Crash Boom Bam. A very, it was his name, came up with it. Uh, we got took photos of all the drums. We did a complete e-commerce site. We started doing a Facebook uh, promotional campaign. And within, I'd say, two months, he had collectors from all over the world coming to him wanting to buy drum sets. And it took him about three years to sell through his $200,000. And now today, he sells on consignment for other people who come to him with drum sets. Because it turns out, apparently, that a lot of times when people pass away, there's a drum set in the basement. Well, what do you do with it? You go to Jim, and Jim will resell it for you on his website, taking a commission. He also still plays in a 1960s nostalgia band. He plays about 42 gigs a year in the spring and summer here in Chicago. And he also still does drum instruction. So altogether, this is a guy who thought, I'm going to have to live on a meager pension. Well, he's made hundreds of thousands of dollars off this business. That's amazing. You know, one of the uh, leading drummers in the world, a guest of mine probably last year, a year and a half ago, played with so many different great bands. He became a motivational speaker. He talked about the physical condition he needed to be in. To He said he'd burn a 1,000 calories in an hour uh, on the drums. And I, they, I just thought of that story when you were mentioning, you know, that, that uh, a great example of uh, uh, coming up with that uh, type of an idea, uh, something with, uh, with, with vintage and the ability. That's a great example of... Uh, Again, turning somebody who thought everything was over, and then all of a sudden a different a different kind of a opportunity uh, would would uh, would come up. You find that uh, gender wise uh, things are fairly equal in people who are moving on with new ventures, male female. Well, I would tell you nationally, men are still slightly more likely to launch than women. In my business, maybe it's because I am a man, I have about 35% women and 65% men. I'd love to have more women clients. In fact, I really enjoy working with them. I, I think they, they make outstanding entrepreneurs. They're maybe a little bit more cautious than men, but that's good in a lot of cases because men sometimes take foolish risks. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see more. Nationally, it's about... 55, 45, 55% male business owners and 45% female business owners. And do you find, like in your own family, that there is, again, like you talked about, was it your brothers played serious sports? They became uh, entrepreneurs. What type of businesses did they get involved in? Well, my brother was involved in the construction industry from early on. 
Uh, he started as a salesman. When he got out of college, he went to work for a company that only hired former college athletes. And in fact, it's interesting because this was my dad's first job. My dad played football at Ohio State in the 1930s, and he went to work for a pharmaceutical distribution company right out, you know, in the early, late 40s. They only hired former college athletes. That's for sales. So my brother went down that same track. Well, he uh, was working for a company as a salesman, and the owner came to him and said, listen, I'd like to retire in a couple of years. Do you want to buy my company on a buyback basis where you pay me a little each year? And he ended up owning a company in uh, Ohio that did uh, industrial commercial fence installation, um, pipe and, and uh, wire fence. And he was doing pretty well, and then there was a fatal accident at a NASCAR racetrack in Tennessee. A wheel came off of a car, flew in the stands, and killed somebody. Well, they then decided that all the tracks on NASCAR would have fencing in front of the uh, grandstands. Well, my brother managed to get the contract, and that was a multi-million dollar contract. Wow. You know, I find that point that you're talking about with some companies would only uh, hire ex-college athletes Sounds like off the walls until you think about it for like 30 seconds or more, where you might be getting, you know, a motivated, disciplined, uh, structured individual to be working. Uh, uh, that, that, uh, that's an interesting point. You know, I, I think it makes great sense to me because you know how to be very performance-oriented when you're an athlete. You know, I remember in high school, I moved from Ohio to Virginia when I was 15, right before my sophomore year, and I had played football since I was probably eight years old. Well, I'm a brand-new kid in town, and I had to beg the coach to let me try out because we were two weeks late for school moving to Virginia. Well, of course, I'm third string. Even though I was a pretty good player, I had to work my way up, and by the time I was a junior, I was uh, – and not starter every time, but pretty much. Well, that took a lot of determination on my part. You know, I'm only 15, 16 years old. You don't have really mature emotions at that point in your life. And I had to really pull this stuff together and say, okay, I'm going to stick with it. And that's that has a lot to do with selling, too. I remember my first sales job for Corning. Uh, I must have gotten 15 no's in one day. And if you hadn't had that determination, you would have just said, that's it, I'm done. Well, I, I didn't give up, and eventually I had a really good sales territory by the time I got done. Have you run into any, again, the, the world of retired athletes uh, that, again, have uh, even been in various sports or various levels who decide they're trying to look for something else, maybe get involved uh, uh, and take a look at something like Biz Starters? Yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. I mean, my, my family is a perfect example. My cousin... Uh, who's a few years younger than I am. He was an all-district tennis player in high school, and very good, and went to college here at the University of Illinois. Um, he um, came to me a few years ago and said, you know, I want to do something entrepreneurial. So in his case, I helped him buy a, a franchise. He bought a quick print franchise, and he ran that thing very successfully. He just sold it last year after having for six years, and now he's kind of really in full retirement. But you know, the point was... Stuff, Jeff. Yes. The, I knew the time would fly by uh, with you. Uh, again, uh, Jeff is the um, involved in the whole world with Biz Starters. Is, is, is the site bizstarters.com, Jeff, people can find out more information? Yes, Bob. Fantastic. I want to thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, and, um, again, people can go find out more information. Uh, exciting stuff. Jeff Williams, thank you so much. Hold on, Jeff. Be right back with the Sports Doctors In segment. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Nature's medicine for modern living. A people and plants dialogue. Hosted by Sophie.Health. At Sophie, we bring together experts and voices who rarely cross paths. Our quest is to illuminate the ancient world of plant medicine and reimagine it for the connected age. Join us to explore new boundaries of digital personalized medicine with deep roots in the natural world and hear from our community of international pioneers who are validating this new paradigm and 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is the Sports Doctor is in segment where we preview some upcoming guests, topics, and shows. Add a little Bob Guider wisdom to the mix. Answer a few emails. Uh, next week, long-time uh, guest, uh, Paul Calloway. Paul was the first physical therapist, or one of the first, on the PGA uh, golf tour. Uh, now he's very, very involved in the whole world of sports psychology, um, Dr. Paul Calloway. So uh, we're really looking forward to him joining us first time talking the mental side of everything in, in sports. And then we're going to talk um, with the money gal, uh, Dr. Frances Rahame. Um, she has a show on BBS radio. You know, it's interesting, the financial side of families um, trying to um, deal with the expenses of traveling, of club teams, again, travel teams, uh, and getting some good advice in that regard, as well as sometimes the topics of um, importance uh, for all of us, uh, especially uh, when we're dealing, again, with uh, family members, kids, who are involved in sports, which could be very, very expensive. The following week, Ann Marchetti. Ann's running for mayor of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Um, I was involved with Ann with a group called Forward uh, not that many years ago in DuPage County, Illinois, the whole world of childhood obesity. That whole topic, putting together insurance groups and physicians and park districts, uh, and, uh, and consulting work, very, very involved uh, with that. And now she's uh, getting into government. Uh, so we're going to have her talk about some of the challenges of um, trying to get things done in the world of, of, of sports safety, of health and wellness uh, with uh, uh, government. And then we're going to have uh, uh, Tasha Hayes. Tasha is the uh, uh, co-founder of uh, one of our supporters, uh, Hurdle Apparel. High tech socks. Uh, Tasha really is a fabrics um, expert. And um, uh, we want to talk about some of the different science uh, that goes into uh, these supportive socks with Hurdle. Uh, the idea of uh, how important the uh, world of socks could be and everything that goes into moisture prevention, again, stability, the biomechanics. Of, uh, of sock wear, and um, uh, that'll be a very interesting um, show. Looking forward for her to uh, rejoining me. You know, Bob Guida used to make a big deal with all his, uh, his athletes, whatever their sports were, about the muscles on the front of the lower legs, the shin muscles. Uh, the muscles that slow you down. Think of yourself running every time your foot hits the ground. It's those muscles that are slowing that down, stabilizing it, controlling it. And shin splints is such a big deal, such a big problem very, very often. And the world of uh, sports training uh, was filled with toe raises and calf work and Achilles tendon work and didn't pay much attention to the front of that lower leg. The DARD, the Dynamic Ankle Resistance Device, was a T-shaped device, sat over the insteps, where you would add some weights to it, hang your feet over a bench, and raise those toes up and do dorsiflexion. We used to use rubber bands also, uh, but the idea was to understand how important it was to strengthen those muscles every time you jump, every time you come down, every time you change direction. You're involving this uh, important area of the anatomy, strengthening it, it was always a big deal with the late, great uh, uh, Bob Guida. Um, a couple of emails. Sal says, I'm really enjoying pickleball. Uh, what's involved with a good pickleball shoe? You know, Sal, it's a great topic. Um, the uh, important point is that pickleball is multidirectional. So like basketball, like tennis, uh, you need to have a shoe that's made for side-to-side movement. Uh, then you have to be concerned with the traction with the type of surface you're on. 
many people play pickleball on basketball wooden uh, surfaces. So they might have a shoe that could be basketball oriented, mid, mid top, uh, uh, side to side stability, uh, with a, a traction, a surface, uh, for, for wood. If we're outdoors, we might be on a different surface. There are now starting to be with a couple of different brands, actual pickleball, uh, uh, shoes. So the big point is you don't want to be playing pickleball with running shoes. You don't want to use running shoes for any field or side-to-side sport. Running shoes are made for one foot in front of the other. So cross trainers, you could use for almost any sport, but pay attention to the sole, the traction that might be required for the courts you're using. Tony says, my 12-year-old son is an active soccer player. Uh, We've seen a few different therapists and doctors. They keep talking about his loose ankles. You know, Tony, I hope you're including podiatry in the evaluation of your son. Uh, Many times the foot mechanics, like a flat foot or excessive pronated foot, uh, can have the ankle complex loose during push-off because of the joint positions and the alignment of the foot. So we want to make sure, for decades, I have used prescription orthotics with great success for all sorts of ankle stability. You might also want to incorporate ankle protection, whether it's a slip-on brace, whether it's a Velcro-type brace. So you want to make sure that you're consulting uh, with the physical therapist uh, for the strengthening uh, exercises that uh, you should be doing, as well as podiatry, again, ideally sports podiatry, so you can make sure your son is in the best shoe to his foot mechanics And then you can also look into the uh, options regarding orthotics, uh, which is one of the biggest weapons. Again, loose ankles is not a diagnosis, so you really want to be able to get a diagnosis. Ligamentous laxity is the term that's often used for that excessively flexible areas of the body. And sometimes we'll see it in the foot ankle, elbow, shoulder. So uh, that might be the term uh, that we're talking about. So uh, pay attention to that. A little information, you know, for probably the past four years or so, uh, once a month, I have the sports doctor is in segment. It's a five to seven minute segment on the great show. Run with it. Christine Blanchet, uh, ex competitive runner. And she is the host of run with it. She has uh, another, this is a TV show that she does. Uh, and again, as a matter of fact, the first question uh, this past month, uh, the, uh, we had an article. Um, I was referring to pickleball, the explosion of pickleball, the fact that it's physical and trying to stay out of trouble preventing injury. Again, in British Columbia, the show is called Run With It. Hope everybody had a fun Valentine's Day. Uh, happy Leap Year. Catch you next time. It's the Sports Doctor. Thank you. Thank you.